Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel. And we are excited to welcome Dr. Sean Preston, President of the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Dr. Preston was selected to serve as President since July of 2019, and thank you for joining us here today. We are excited to have you this morning. And thanks again, Dr. Preston, for taking the time out of your morning to, uh, to visit the Classic Car Corner. We are excited to have you. Oh, well, it's a complete honor to be on the show with you guys, and I love all things Corvette, uh, the museum, Corvette culture. I'm ready to have a good time. Well, we're, we're, you're speaking our language already, and we're going to have a great time with this conversation. Uh, let's talk, start off with, I know we all love Corvettes here, but let's start off, what made you, what event happened in your life growing up that said, you know what, I love cars, and I know for some of it, was, it was being that reluctant flashlight holder for a dad or grandpa working on a car, which of course we never mastered, um, but what was it for you that, that that's generated that first spark? Yeah, that's a great question, so like a lot of Young boys, uh, you know, Matchbox and Hot Wheels cars were all the thing uh, when I grew up in the in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, it was before video games, mm-hmm. <laughs> before video games, before uh, other sorts of distractions, if you will, or entertainment. But it was very much getting your hands on your toys and playing. So I was fascinated with all cars. It didn't matter what uh, at that time what it was. I thought they were just absolutely fascinating. Um, then I I had an affinity, you know, for cars as I became um, old enough to begin shopping for a car, eventually turned 16 and, you know, license and drive a car. And I was always intrigued by various models of cars, always looking. My mom always accused me of always wanting to change the car that I had and, and get a different one. Mm-hmm. There so, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many different ones out there that I couldn't just have, uh, just have one. Uh, I was fortunate enough, <clears throat> pardon me, fortunate enough at a younger age to, um, sort of get my first, if you will, of like that second car, like not your daily driver. Mm-hmm. It was a, an Alfa Romeo Spider Veloce. It wasn't nice. a Corvette. All right. And I still have it. I've had it now for, for uh, going on uh, 30 years. Wow. And um, it, it really got me so excited to come home from work or what have you and have that other car to drive. Mm-hmm. The, the perfect weather car. Right? Never in the rain, never in any snow, never in inclement weather, always had a car cover. And from that moment on, it was gonna, I was always going to have that second or third or whatever car as life allowed. Let's fast forward now to um, um, engage to my amazing wife, Jillian, and her father, my stepfather. I'm sorry, my father-in-law, excuse me. My father-in-law uh, had Cor- has Corvettes and had a garage of them. So this is now 13, 14 years ago. I'm already sort of into cars. I've got a couple uh, second, third cars, if you will, but none of them are Corvettes. And we just begin to talk. And I began to just fall in love with this American ingenuity. Mm-hmm. We had, we have the 54 together. In fact, okay. that's our car together, which is very special for, for he and I. He had a 73, so I bought a 72. There you go. He's All had right. other Corvettes. And I just really fell in love with, with uh, his excitement mm-hmm. over what the Corvette culture represents. And so then I kind of pocketed that. Um, Went on with my life, was a school president for 12 years, really into nonprofit work, um, um, education, certainly the forefront of my mind. And then here we go, the National Corvette Museum, where I can live out my 
passion for the individual car, the Corvette, nice. and also for the culture that surrounds this amazing car. Oh, absolutely. It sure does. So on, on the 1954, just out of curiosity, I know in 1953 uh, is when the Corvette came out, and they were all offered in polo white. They were all fiberglass, am I correct? Yeah, that's it. it. Was was the 54 also fiberglass, or were there any different uh, modifications between that? No. Weird? Okay, gotcha. Uh, I mean, the car that my father and I owned together is exactly like the 1953 car in our gateway today. They okay. were six-cylinder, uh, white, red interior, not a thing changed. We didn't get V8 until 55 Okay. Um, to compete with the Thunderbird that came out in 55. Right. What, you know, the, the rumor goes, it wasn't for that darn Thunderbird. Um, we Cor- might have had either a six-cylinder Corvette for a lot longer. Uh, gotcha. Maybe no Corvette at all. Right, yeah, because wow. you would think it was the Mustang that the Corvette was designed to compete after, but in fact, you're correct. It was the Thunderbird that sparked the interest. So, uh, real quick, um, Zora Arcus Duntoff. Um, I, we, we, we know he's the uh, the father of the Corvette, and I believe Harley Earl had some design in this as well uh, he was kind of known for the fins and for the, the the sharp angles to my knowledge um i know uh uh mr duntov is deceased but does he ever have family uh, does he have any family that ever comes to the corvette museum just out of curiosity and even that of harley earl right great question so harley earl's grandson has visited the museum i met him a, 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 about a year ago at the um anniversary of 2019 lovely young man mm-hmm. very humble about what his grandfather wow. um, did for um, all of car kind mm-hmm. but certainly especially corvette mm-hmm. um zora his ashes are interred at the museum is that, that right was, okay that, those were his wishes okay. and so we have a whole tribute to him in the museum Isn't that so his cool? wife elsie who died you know 10 or 12 years later um, she, to my knowledge, used to visit the museum, but her health was, was good. Uh, when she passed, her ashes are then uh, interred here as well. I see. Uh, That's next nice. to Zora. So I'd say that we have a bit of a a bit of a of a mausoleum to to zora right here. oh that's 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 phenomenal cool. uh, I, I believe these gentlemen that i'm here with today uh, have been to the corvette museum and uh, the last time i was in was there uh, unfortunately was before the sinkhole i need to come revisit it again but um what uh, obviously there were some corvettes um uh, destroyed in that and uh how many roughly were were destroyed more or less what what was totally destroyed what is what was able to be salvaged to anywhere from whole cars to pieces of cars and and what still remains in the bottom of that sinkhole right yeah yeah that's a fascinating topic and we're talking 2014 six years ago now going on six years i'm sorry it is six years now going on seven years and um you know really changed from what i understand from learning about the history of the museum during my year and a half year you know pretty much a a major game changer for the museum. It really brought a lot of national attention to a, at that time, sort of a, a humble museum in a, you know, in a, a not so large Southern city in the middle of the country, so to speak. And, and it really opened uh, folks' eyes that this is an amazing uh, place. And certainly the leadership team before me capitalized on, on that as, as they should have, as I would have done as well. The sinkhole, what's amazing, is 30 feet deep. Um, and it's uh, about three stories, and it the sinkhole opened up entirely inside the yellow sky dome. So if you've seen a picture of the museum or you've mm-hmm. been here, 
You have a very unique round yellow building with a red spire on top. Pretty much what we're known for, most mm-hmm. of our logos and publications. And the amazing thing about this sinkhole is that it occurred solely and entirely under the sky dome. It didn't creep out under the walls, out into the parking lot. So fascinating that basically was a cap over the sinkhole. So the, the hole begin, uh, forms about 5 o'clock in the morning, um, and um, it swallows eight cars. Mm. And five, all eight were pulled out. The sinkhole has been completely filled with concrete. It, it might be the strongest piece of land in the country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rebar and concrete. We've got videos that show. We have a, like a, um, a, high, a high-speed video, if you will, that shows how quickly they fill the hole. So we feel good about there not being a hole. We have a, a ladder and a tunnel that gets us down there so we can check the systems once a year and make sure there's nothing that we should be worried about. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question about the cars, right? So eight cars went down. Five are non-salvageable. We've done nothing to them. We pulled out with a crane, put them on a dolly, and put them on display. And they <laughs> are – they're crushed. And uh, it's sad at one point to see such an American – sorry, such an amazing and beautiful American sports car no longer on the road. Mm-hmm. But it is an amazing exhibit to show the physics, the power of the earth, to show what part of the car withstood, what pressures, what parts did not. We also have some successes. There's three cars that were fully restored. They're notable cars. Um, 1962 Tuxedo Black, absolutely gorgeous car, was restored by the team here at the museum. The benchmark car of the one millionth Corvette, uh, in your classic white and red. Wow. Okay. That was restored. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we did lose the other benchmark car, the 1.5 millionth car. It's here on display, but not restored. And then a 2009 um, Blue Devil, at that time, the fastest production Corvette and the most expensive production Corvette with a supercharged V8 was restored. So I would claim that of all the beautiful cars, and there were certainly many, those three that I mentioned are uh, the most notable, and they are fully restored and on display. Oh, that's wonderful. That is neat. I remember watching the video because they had uh, the video, and the slowly you can hear the cracks and the floor starting to drop. And then yes. when it goes in, and we're like, you just you lose everything. You're like, I cannot believe that's right. happening. Yeah, that's right. And there's nothing we can do about it. But it's such a great uh, story of survival on there and comeback because you – I mean, you the the concern of, well, what do we do? Uh, the popularity made from publishing the videos and and making a not a, a making a, a, a everybody uh, a shared experience, I guess, is w- what what they did. It, in seeing how we're going to, yep, we're going to get the cars out. We're going to make it structurally sound. We're going to reopen the museum, and everybody can see what happened. And I think that's such a a great thing because easily could have gone the other way saying well it was nice having the museum while we had it and, and <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but being able to come back and make it a part of the story the corvette story uh, it's just magnificent it is well and that's the history of of chevy as well uh they struggled in the early 50s and you know the corvette it really is the the automobile that kind of brought them out of that funk mm-hmm. and and started making my powerhouse oh yeah so uh you know perseverance yeah, absolutely. It's one of the most iconic vehicles on the street, obviously. It's certainly so, my favorite. So, so Dr. Preston, what, what model year is your favorite Corvette, just out of curiosity? Yeah, those are always trick questions because <laughs> there are 
Who's your favorite there child? Are, yeah. <laughs> right, hundreds of thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of Corvette owners across the world. There are 318 Corvette clubs. There's 35,000 museum members that we have the, one of the strongest followings of all museums. Um, and there's eight generations, and everybody's got a story about their favorite. But I'm not going to dodge the question. I was just giving you a bit of a preamble. Sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an old car guy, as mm -hmm. they, even though I'm not necessarily an older guy myself. I've always been in love with, uh, you know, 40s and 50s and 60s cars. Um, so that's why the 54 car my father-in-law and I have together is very mm -hmm. special. But my daily driver is a 72 Elkhart Lake Green. All factory T top nice. uh, air. Yeah. All right. um, I, I just think it's one of the most magnificent cars ever made. It's, mm -hmm. it's simple, but powerful. No matter what other Corvettes are on the road, um, that car garners a ton of attention. Sure. From the from the color to the last year front and rear chrome bumpers, mm -hmm. uh, to the way that it sounds. Um, I just I, I love it. So I'm going to go with my '72 uh, L car. There you Green. go. There How about you, go. Jason? What's your favorite Corvette? Well, you know what? I mean, I, I would have to say the the '63 Stingray, uh, right. the split window in the back. Um, I, I just it's a beautiful piece of machinery. It, it certainly uh, is. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just a gorgeous car. Eric, what's your favorite vet? Because I had my hands on a C4, that one is is well, you know what? And, and Dr. Preston made a good point. You know, er, er, there's my my uncle uh, had a silver anniversary edition silver with the white interior and he always lamented selling that because of these darn kids that he had <laughs> <laughs> two-seater right two-seater he can't fit three kids in a two-seater he said but i could fit me in it and that's all i needed <laughs> um, and and you know talking about the body styles uh from the from this from your 72 to the 80 they look fast sitting still so you don't have to mash the gas pedal down it just looks and sounds so cool but I had my hands on an 85. 85. That was, uh, I just, I, yeah, I like that body style. Yep. Well, of uh, we'll, go, we'll go back to the 85 because we had a fun topic on that a, a few uh, podcasts and ago. The, and the current one. The current right. one's my most uh, favorite. Obviously, <laughs> the, the, the brand new one, I uh, had an opportunity to run up behind one yesterday, and it was just phenomenal. It was nice to see that hint of Camaro and the taillights uh, really struck yeah. out to me. Uh, but it was a beautiful car. But my personal favorite is the 1982 uh, Corvette. Uh, like Eric, my uncle in Florida, he was a retired fighter pilot for the Air Force. And uh, he was a Corvette lover. He had several of them. But when I was uh, 15, 16 years old, uh, I was able to drive that 82 Vet silver and claret colors with the T-tops up and down the Destin coast uh, all through my high school years. So I have fond, fond memories of visiting my uncle on spring break and summer vacation and, and have an opportunity to put some miles on that Corvette because I certainly burned some gas and some rubber uh, in that Corvette. That's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, let me, let me say, you, know, you guys definitely are Corvette people when no one said their favorite car was an 83 so congratulations yeah right, right. yeah that's that but you know that that that's strange that uh, that corvette didn't make oh. an 83 because it was 53 that it was uh founded so that would have been the 30 year um anniversary oh yeah, yeah. but that would have uh, been, been that would have been great yeah. and, uh, they missed it. We have the only 83 in the world in our museum. Okay. Uh, all right. There's a you know, right. neat, neat story around that. It was supposed to be crushed, as you know, all the 
uh, X cars, the X VIN number cars are crushed, and mm-hmm. um, they decided, um, you know, due to some EPA issues and overall horsepower issues, they were just going to extend 82 and start 84 a bit early and just kind of hope that no one noticed it wasn't an 83. And so they crushed uh, seven of the eight, I believe how the story goes, uh-huh. of these experimental cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> one car got sort of left behind. The crusher got towed to another location. They come to work the next morning at the plant across the street from me, and there's this lone uh, white 83, and they just put a cover over it and stuck in the back of the muse- uh, warehouse mm-hmm. and d- discovered later, and, and General Motors gave it to us. Gotcha. And I can imagine the guys walking in that day when the crusher was taken away, was sitting out there, kind of went, get a car cover, get a car cover. And they kind of just, <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, just uh we're just putting this one back. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but but they made history, right? <laughs> I mean, they absolutely. literally right. saved yeah. history. So Corvette can say officially that we we had that they have a model car made for every year um, that Corvette's been in existence, and no other American sports car can say that. That's awesome. Uh, for, let me take just one moment here uh, and ask our listeners please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car but also all of your collectibles please check them out at gdherring.com and uh, dr preston i, I know i reading your bio you have a background in education and in looking at some of your vision that you have for the museum and, and creating more outreach um, it seems like you're probably in a lot of planning phases right now for new exhibits and uh, new things to help uh, get more involvement with the museum which if you go to the website there's a lot of stuff going on already. What is um, your vision as far as how you want to grow outreach, more uh, awareness of the museum? And if you can, any sneak peeks about what you have coming up? Yes, yes. Well, you know, the educational part of this is uh, a, a, certainly a professional draw for me. So we get, we get past the amazing car, my childhood dreams, and all the things we talked about early on in our in our time together, but when you get to the professional side, uh, it does center around the fact that this should be an educational facility, not just a large building with amazing cars in it, but the stories of engineering, design, um, um, culture, uh, history, the future, um, it's pretty amazing. So so when we had to shut down um, for, for COVID in March uh, in Kentucky, it was for 10 weeks so we could reopen. And I'm really incredibly proud of the team because rather than us all just go home and hide out and fret, we uh, closed to the public, but we stayed open um, for the staff. And we installed four new exhibits. And that is, according to our curator, Derek Moore, that is literally unheard of to, to drive a team as hard as we drove that team to get these exhibits in. But we knew that this time, um, should be used wisely. We don't ever have a museum closed where we can, can do as much as we needed to do and not be mindful of our guests. So we um, had a, 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 our first ever donor-sponsored exhibit, the E. Pierce Marshall Memorial Performance Gallery is in the museum now. Wow. Um, and Pierce Marshall from Texas uh, um, so, uh, sponsored the exhibit in honor of his late father who got him into Corvette racing. Pierce Marshall owns the C5, C6, C7R, Corvettes from the racetrack, and wow. I think he's certainly going to get in line to buy a C8R uh, when it's available. So we have a, an entire 12-car exhibit 
starting with the 59 SS all the way through uh, to the modern day uh, race cars. You have um, artifacts from driver's shoes to their journals to watches and helmets. You have, of course, the cars themselves, race footage, interviews, completely interactive. Each of of the 12 cars has an interactive kiosk. So that one exhibit by itself, which is now the flagship exhibit of the museum, just launched us into this idea that you're not just walking the halls and looking at a cool car. You could spend an hour. You used to spend an hour in the museum. You could spend now an hour in just that one right. uh, large large exhibit. We also were, were blessed to, do, to have the entombed Corvette donated to the museum, um, a beautiful 1954 car. I encourage you guys to go to the website and check out the entombed Corvette or Google the story behind that car. But that was um, – it was in a vault for years and years and years because the owner's wife didn't want to drive it anymore. So he said, well, fine, I'm going to keep it. But he put it in a vault so no one could touch it. Um, so it's the most untouched, um, non-restored 54 in the world. It's got wow. about 2,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> what a jewel. Absolutely <laughs> amazing car. In its original condition from the vault. Um, we also installed um, a lot of new um, a technology in the sinkhole exhibits so that's been refreshed and then the fourth one is uh, co-sponsored by general motors we took all of the mid-engine concept cars starting with serve one the famous door driven door driven serve one mm-hmm. um all the way through to the 2020 models you have ugly duckling astra vet uh, sorry astra 2 reynolds aluminum the indy car XP 987, all wow. these Linja cars are physically here oh. right now. No, and a whole so story about those cars. So we did that in 10 weeks, installed four new exhibits, all with technology and education in mind. Oh, that's awesome. That is just fantastic. It sounds like a, a story you need to make a trip down there <laughs> yes, and, and spend some time. Right. I didn't know if you heard that sound in the background. That was, we were all going in our pockets for our car keys to start coming <laughs> out the door. But, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we're we're sitting here with our with just permanent perma smiles on our faces right now, and our mouths agape. Uh, right, that is so cool. Well, and 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 with your education background, and these all have a lot of STEM uh, influence on here for science and technology. Yes, of course. We we know that every bit of what goes into producing a, any car, especially a car of this quality, would involve um, sort of you know the, the science, technology, engineering math, robotics. Uh, there's so many parts of what the assembly plant does across the street. When schools you know, will be allowed to visit again, we hope very soon. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of school tours. So again, while everybody oohs and ahs over the, these beautiful cars, the different paint colors and the slight variations from year to year, they also get dig deeper into um, the STEM or even the stream mm-hmm. components mm-hmm. of what it means to have these vehicles. Mm-hmm. Now, you did mention one thing. Uh, you asked if I have a sneak peek for you. I wanted to mention this just before I forget. Um, there's an announcement coming this week, and I'll do my best to send it to you, but hopefully you'll, you'll see it on your own. We have uh, an incredible announcement. We've, we've, uh, we've hired a um, Corvette celebrity to join our curatorial team. Wow. The minute that you see this man's name, you'll know exactly who he oh, is. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I think that you'll be incredibly um, impressed and happy um, that this person's going to join us and further um, curate 
the Corvette story and Corvette culture. Even got an amazing uh, quote from uh, President Mark Royce uh, on this person's um, uh, hire. So I can't tell you today because it's going to come out uh, tomorrow. That's but exciting. Gotcha. Be on oh, the lookout. Oh, gonna be, we will. Be fantastic. That'll be the first. Thing Absolutely. Sure. And just to jump back real quick uh, about the the STEM. Uh, science and technology that goes in and what you're, you're doing with the museum. Is there any uh, future, I guess, conversation about a possible uh, internship for, for younger kids that want to get into either, you know, museum curation or the automotive design and, and things like that? Is there, is, does the Corvette museum or the Corvette plant have anything uh, on the books to, or have they done anything, any kind of an internship for students yeah. that are interested in getting into that field. Absolutely. I mean, I can, I can speak about the plan just, to, just with what I know. Obviously that's, that's an area that I don't um, work directly with or right. directly in. I do work with, but not directly in. They, um, they engage with Western Kentucky university interns. That's a large university, just a few miles down the road. Uh, we do the same thing um, with the university, those, those young men and women that are looking to get into uh, manufacturing or automotive or design or maybe it's marketing maybe it's some of their component of either the assembly plant or uh, museum life and we encourage that we we get requests often to to be a part of, of sort of the internship program at both our museum and the plant in addition to that though um, we are embarking on a an ambitious plan to craft curriculum online curriculum um, working in partnership with local schools and the university to have Corvette-inspired curriculum that teachers and students can download and utilize, whether they're students that are working from home or they're getting back into their classrooms. And th that curriculum, as you can imagine, will focus on um, history, but robotics, engineering, design. And we have a podcast – sorry, we have a, um, um, a virtual – a show every every week called Vet Academy, which is available on our website, and it's hosted by our staff members here at the museum. And every week we dive into something else uh, curricular-based mm -hmm. about Corvette that we find that schools are all across the country are using. Oh, that is so cool. Isn't Very that? Awesome. Yeah. As a kid in, in grade school, I would love it. Wouldn't that have been awesome <laughs> yeah. if they would have right. a Corvette guy would have come to our school and did a little spiel and talked about a Corvette? Oh, how, we we would have all been geeked out uh, even right. more so than absolutely. we already were. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, so, so Dr. Preston, real quick, the two gentlemen that are with me, we all went to grade school together from 79 to 87. And I remember some of the show and tells that we did. I would actually bring in a Corvette catalog <laughs> for my show and tell saying, hey, here's a, you know, the 1982 Chevrolet Corvette. So I've, I've always, it's always been, been, been a lot of fun. That is for sure. Yeah. Great. Um, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, Mary Barra, uh, has has she made any uh, appearances at the Corvette Museum? I'm sure she probably has at some point. Yeah, not even before my time. Okay. I've not had the pleasure uh, of meeting her in person. Gotcha. I did uh, I did come close to meeting her at the Reveal mm -hmm. in Tustin, California in July of 2019 when I was invited to be part of the, tw of the 2020 Corvette Reveal. Uh, but as you can imagine, very busy lady doing oh, a very yeah. important job. Right, right. Um, she um, does does support the museum, uh, but we really connected uh, very very well with so many of the Corvette designers. You know, Taj and Harlan mm -hmm. are, uh, on the marketing team are just 
great, great friends of the museum. Right. Uh, Kai at the plant across the street is an amazing supporter mm-hmm. of the museum. And recently, as I mentioned, we've been able to I've been able to share some of the exciting news and plans with Mr. Royce um, directly, and, and right. he's received those that information. So um, I feel that that the connection between uh, sort of our our parents, uh, while we are our own standalone 501c3, we still uh, believe that um, GM Chevrolet. And then those folks that I mentioned are sort of the parent to us, and mm-hmm. uh, the connection has never been deeper. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really cool. So you you answered one of my questions earlier in the show about uh, your, your kind of time period of cars that you liked. But this is an opinion question, not that you know the details of what's coming out in the future of Corvette, but it's just been a, an aggressive, eye-changing design from over the past like 10 years it's just leaps and bounds and throwing the mid-engine uh the engine in the middle uh really changing the whole dynamics of the corvette uh, and the body style it's just there's there's nothing not to like about the the you know 2021 vets i mean they're they're just sexy and what besides adding wings to them to make them fly what where does corvette where what does a corvette look like in your mind in your your opinion 10 years from now as as this body style kind of evolves into to what are what comes next because i don't know what else you could do to a corvette to make it more awesome than what it looks like right now yeah that's a really truly amazing question you know one of the first kind of quotes that stuck with me from uh speak of mr royce just one more time you know he had said um at some at some uh, public um gathering or meeting or what have you that that the corp the c8 is such a drastic change from the c7 because the c7 is as good as it'll ever get right that i mean they did it all horsepower um, handling, um, it's a, it's a, you know, the C7 is a gorgeous car. Mm-hmm. It uh, has done a lot of things and won a lot of races. So I think that was a great sort of segue into what else could we have done with the front engine design of this car. So that's that's sort of the beginning of my own answer too, right? So so the C8 is just a dramatic change in engine placement, design. Uh, they finally got to one award for comfortability of the interior, which never been, you know, mm-hmm. the most important part of a Corvette. Um, and now they're getting awards for the outside and the inside, right. uh, which is just the, the, you know sort of the total package. Um, so I've had the pleasure of being. We have a racetrack here at um, the museum called the Motorsports Park, and so I had the I've had the pleasure of being uh, on that track, going very fast in both <laughs> C7s and C8s, right, right, um, dr- and driving jealous. them, not just as a passenger. And I'm, and I'm no Andy Pilgrim, right? But I <laughs> I, I, I I like to get on the track. I like to I like to go fast and. The sensation of being pulled behind the motor of the C7 and then immediately hopping in the seat of the C8 and being pushed by that motor behind you, uh, night and day experience. Is that I right? could see why wow. race car drivers, rather you know, fast driving enthusiasts, really are excited by the placement of the engine and what the car can do. Is that right? So long-winded answer to no. a great question. Yeah. Where's it going to go from here? I think it'll become, again, Shaw's opinion. I have no knowledge. I don't get to see plans and drawings. I don't have a uh, um, you know, a hotline to Taj's desk or ask him all these questions. <laughs> um, I, I say that the car looks a lot like it does now. Um, the engine will stay where it is. The car will stay you know, with a shorter front end. 
Um, I imagine there'll be a lot more technology going into the car in 22 and 23 and 24 as technology in general um, enhances across our country. Uh, who, who, who could deny that electric vehicles are, are coming? Right. Um, and I applaud GM for more than likely already thinking that the Corvette's going to have, um, whether it be electric assist, whether it be fully electric. Again, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that's probably where, where it will go. And if it does, then they've got to figure out one thing to make us all happy, and that is how do you keep that amazing – engine noise noise exactly i was gonna say (laughs) uh, you know electric vet sounds really fast and it would be but you miss the tone the exhaust note yeah exactly (laughs) no doubt now one of the fun features about the new c8 i believe i read is that um you know it's obviously a low profile car so if you if you go up to a speed bump i believe there is a button that you push that raises the suspension over that speed bump and then once you cross it it goes back down but what's even more cool is that I believe it is then memorized in the Corvette, so GPS would say, oh, hey, here's that speed bump that I have to raise my suspension on, go over, and it automatically does that for you. Am I, am I correct in that, Dr. Preston? Do you, do you recall? Yes, yeah. So okay. the, the, the two-inch um, um, capability, so gotcha. you come to a speed bump, and it goes two inches. It's mo- mainly designed for uh, driveway curbs, mm-hmm. and uh, so hence the, the memory concept where – uh, if you drive back to your home, you know, once, twice, three times a day, rather than stopping or pressing the button, uh, GPS recognizes where you are, raises the car as you pull up to the curb. So that's just amazing technology. Yeah, it, it really is. But I'm an old school car guy myself. And so, you know, the 72, the 63, the 54, the 53, uh, you, they are just phenomenal vehicles. That is for sure. Doc, so. Dr. President, uh, as we wrap up our, our, our time this afternoon, this morning, rather, <laughs> uh, is there anything that you'd like to, uh, how people can reach out and contact you or the museum that you'd like to put out there as far as uh, if people have more, uh, if people don't have any more questions, that they don't live here. But for people that have more questions for you, how can they reach you and how can they reach the museum? Absolutely. Well, um, certainly I love speaking with our members. You know, I, I answer every one of those member questions that I get. Um, and if I don't have an answer, then I help find somebody who does have mm-hmm. an answer. But it's important for, for me and, and the leadership team to stay close to our members because that's the entire reason why this museum exists is for the members. Um, we have an incredibly strong, supportive uh, membership of about 35,000 people. Um, that's just an incredible number of folks following, as you all know, one model car you know this is not the gm museum or the chevrolet museum those are fantastic places i'm sure but it is the corvette and corvette only museum so just to have that one brand following is just just mind-boggling but www.corvettemuseum.org is where you can find us website is very new even more user-friendly tons of great information i welcome uh emails directly to me sean at CorvetteMuseum.org. My first name is spelled S-E-A-N. Uh, I promise you, I, I reach out to everybody who sends me a note. Uh, you also can find me on Facebook. Happy to talk there as well. But just please know that we love hearing from our members and from our guests and from those that are interested in becoming a member or becoming or visiting as a guest. Um, it's an incredible, incredible place. People leave here very, very happy. It's safe. It's clean. It's secure. 
but it's also very, very positive. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, I think uh, you'll be seeing us here in the short future, I believe. I think so. I'm ready <laughs> to go today. Right, exactly. Um, Dr. Preston, thank you so much for joining us here today at the Classic Car Corner podcast. And for our listeners of the podcast, uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe so you are notified of new shows. And please leave us a review because your reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. So, uh, Dr. Preston, again, thank you. What a fantastic conversation we had here today. And uh, we'll certainly be in touch. Thank you guys very much for letting us be here, letting me be uh, part of your show. I enjoyed every bit of it. Great questions. I could tell that you guys are dripping with Corvette enthusiasm, uh, which absolutely. makes me happy. So yeah, yeah. Um, glad to be here. Thanks again. Thank you.